shall we? I'm drinking here. What are you drinking? Water. Nice. What's that noise? Um, it is the boys. Greg is trying to climb on top of a cardboard box and he was having a hard time. Aww. He has done it now. I guess this is how we're introducing our show. Yes. And welcome to, to We, we like, like Stuff and So Should You. you. A show... Uh, one day I'll f- try to think of consecutive funny things to say. It's, we just, it's just the title. Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's very straightforward. Yep. You hear it, you know it. Yeah. You love it, you hug it. You hate it, you don't anymore. Cause that's well, you can only like it. That's what the show is. Yeah, that's the power of our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're with uh, me and you. <laughs> that was so stupid. Uh, I'm Brenny. And I'm Melissa, the CEO, that's Chief Executive Officer of the Woad Fan Club. Yeah. We started that, uh, maybe, I, I suppose it's like seven seconds ago? The Wode Fan Club? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> it's existed for years. Oh, okay. Anything W-O-A-D else? is the Wode for me. Excellent. That's our motto. And you know what? We also say Wode's the best toad. What else do you say? Don't you glowed. That's a woad. Please explain to me what glowed means. <laughs> it's kind of like gloat, but uh, we put a spin on it for woad. I'm trying to think of like a weird woad pun to be like, spin, don't you mean evil? And we have more things we say. <laughs> Such as? It's party mode. Go for woad. <laughs> well, you said plural, so what, what are some other things? Oh, of course. Of course. Welcome to our abode. It's time for woad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get somebody to custom make you a woad. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Then you can have I an have another mascot. thing, but oh. I don't think I should say it. You should say it. No, I shouldn't. It's not really appropriate. Well, do you swear? No. Then you say you should say it. No, I'm not gonna. The... Can I just whisper it to you? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's. <sighs> I'd rather not. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some file editing and really, really get the uh, microphone to no! uh, pick that up. <laughs> no. Yeah. All I said was, "Woad is the the best." Woad. Woad is the best. That's another thing we say. That doesn't rhyme. Well, not everything has to rhyme. All right. Um, I don't think we said it last time because we kind of just went. Rolling with Shenmue. Um, Shenmue. 
don't get me started on that guy. I won't. Especially because that's not a name for a person. I know. Um, but yeah, we are broadcasting through the facilities at uh, Trent Radio. 92.7. CFFF. FM. <laughs> How did you condense a dab like that? That's our that's our woad dab. Oh. Yeah. Do it again. Why is it so Wab. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you I was not prepared for the words. Yeah. That's pretty good. Thank you. But yeah. Um I feel like we're kind of back to our schedule of programming. We don't really have any Wild fantastical stories. We're not too tired to devolve into more. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now you had a day off and you did nice relaxing. We both had a nap. I had a nap and then forgot to cook dinner before I went to school, so I had to do it afterwards, but it was fine. We, we succeeded. I fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. It was not really an intentional nap. Well, napping nonetheless. Yeah. Haven't we all fallen asleep on the couch? What is that? What was that? I was trying not to sneeze. Oh, I see. <laughs> no! Don't I'm sneeze. I'm not gonna. Okay. What's your little like? Um. I'm gonna say. Uh, it is. I guess it's the anticipation for something that I know is gonna happen. Um. Again, <laughs> again with our little boys. What are you guys doing over there? Oh my god! Did he flip the cardboard box? No, it's because I filled it up with paper and I and I put treats at the bottom, uh, and I think he just like dropped into it nice. because it's paper. He just like went. <laughs> um, now he's just in there. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that feeling. So there's a difference. I'm sure many people may have experienced over, especially over this pandemic, of just like uh, ordering something online, possibly if you do that, um, and then like forgetting about it. I know you've done that a lot. We've just kept getting stuff like last year, and it was like, what is happening? And I was like, I haven't ordered something in like three months. Why we're getting something once a week? <laughs> it was mostly for the boys. It wasn't like too bad or anything. I spend all my money on them. Yeah, that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. And to be squished. Aww. Um, but what was it? So I, I had recently sent in some, uh, I guess like Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic cards to a game store. I, I think it's I think they're based out of Montreal because I sent it to a Montreal address, and I got like two hundred fifty dollars store credit, and I was like, cool. I've been holding on to these cards for like years because nobody wanted them like locally. And then I ordered on like Tuesday and on Wednesday they were like, hey, your stuff is shipped and it didn't show up today, which means it's going to show up tomorrow unless there's like a problem with the mail system. Um, the day that it, the day that they say that it's shipped, um, there's one day for transit and one day that, uh, and the next day it arrives. And it's, I, it, it's like clockwork. Because whenever I've ordered late, um, if it says it's shipped on Thursday, it will show up on Monday. And uh, so it's showing up tomorrow. It's very exciting. Oh, there was something else. I think there was something else I was waiting for. Um, but yeah, just the, like, it's the eggs. Oh, yeah. Um, 
the Animal Crossing Direct that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Uh, it's happening tomorrow at 10 a.m. Woo! So I should be able to even watch it before I go to school, which is pretty exciting. And yeah, I'm just... It's really that anticipation of like waiting for something that you've been really excited about. It's just a good feeling. And I, I feel like everybody hopefully can relate. I'm sure waiting for anything is, is pretty exciting, especially when you know you're going to get it. There's no doubts. There's no tricks. Like the world hasn't conspired against you. Fate has aligned and is not lying to you. And it's just going to happen. Those are like the best, the best, uh, surprises because it's still it's still like a weird surprise because it's like i know it's showing up tomorrow but when i go open that mailbox and that envelope is going to be there i'm going to be like hell yeah yeah this is going to be great to open this and look at all the cards that i know exactly that i ordered there's no surprises in there (laughs) but it's still like a nice uh a nice a nice time what about you well my little like is um, well, I've kind of talked about, like, buying things on Etsy before. Uh-huh. But I think my little, like, is just, like, buying things I don't need from Etsy. Why specifically Etsy? Because I feel like... Because I've bought a lot of things from Etsy recently. Stickers and pins and things. Yeah, those Stuff are Stuff that I normally wouldn't buy just because oh, I, I don't see. need it. Like, it's, like, luxury. Weird. Not weird because they're weird. They're not really weird, but, like... Weird luxury things. Yeah. Um, very specific, mostly rat and small animal related things. Yeah. Um, stickers and pins and like little notepads. And you got me stickers too, which was great. Yeah. They went straight on my laptop. Yeah. And I don't need these things, but I like to have them. And it's nice when they arrive and I get to have cute things. Um, and again, I don't usually buy a lot of stickers and pins, but because we haven't been going to Fan Expo, um, which is where I usually buy that kind of stuff. Yeah, we usually get a good fix twice a year, Fan Expo and the Toronto Comic Arts Festival. Because mm-hmm. we haven't had that. felt nice to like buy some things like that. Yeah. That's my little like. Actually, speaking of Fan Expo, they, um, they are, they, they moved Fan Expo, they are doing it. They have a very specific... Um, set of rules which I loved I loved reading it uh, I think some of our friends are, are gonna go um, I'm not just because people lie in Toronto I just don't want to be there if I don't have to in a very crowded area relatively um, but in the in the effort of thinking about it I, I read their like FAQ and, and their policies they're doing like a limited uh, fan expo so you have to be vaccinated. You have to show proof of vaccination, A+. plus. You have to wear masks. If you're under the age of two, it's like, sure, don't worry about it. But everybody else got to wear masks. And uh, they like they just specifically said that their rules are basically um, inflexible or unflexible. So their FAQ, it's like, hey, I know there's the mask policy, but it doesn't really like coincide with my cosplay. Um, can I not wear a mask and like figure something out? And they're like, no, you can't. Be creative, work it into your costume, but you're not coming in without a mask. And they're like, hey, like, um, I have like a medical exemption, it's legit. Uh, can I still come uh, without bringing a mask? They're like, no, sorry, don't come without a mask, sorry. Um, there's like, you know, my child is like under the age of four, they like, they get really antsy about masks, can like, 
can there be an exception? They're like, no. Unless they're the age of two or less, they're wearing a mask. Uh, and then it's, yeah, it was just, it was just great to read that. There's no, like, faffing about. It was just like, yeah, it, you either, we either do this exactly right or not at all. And even, like, there's going to be celebrities there, um, and I didn't look at the picture, but there's going to be, like, a full plexiglass, like, booth in between the celebrities. So you've been able to talk to them. You still can take pictures. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people's pictures. Okay. Not, like, recent cons. Not, like, Fan Expo, but you can, like, tell there's a glass there. Okay, cool. So, yeah, for the picture. take it from the front, and then it's, like, down, like, this way. Yeah. And even so, like, I know a lot of people get really excited. They get, like... There's really great like folder opportunities and like some a lot of celebrities get like really stoked and like they if if it's appropriate and you ask like they they'll like hug you and stuff and they'll get like really close and people are like oh like can we get uh, like can we have like the same experience and like one of the one of the answers was like no um, you know they're like please talk to the celebrity and don't assume anything but just respect the celebrity or the p- people's wishes like don't don't try and circumvent or like find loopholes in the rules our our legal and political system is already rife with that we don't need that uh they didn't say that that's my own addition but (laughs) the kind of weird flex of fan expo just being like yeah our government sucks sorry (laughs) we don't we're not having that here but uh yeah it was really exciting to see them be very very serious because um and like I do agree, most recreational events or anything like that, it's like I am dying. I I would like to go do things that are fun and I I had a lot of fun with, but it's like I am still okay with not because um, I'll like I, I I accidentally said it to my friend in a very like direct and it wasn't accidental, but. Um, when you're messaging, like, who knows how it's going to be taken, but I was basically like, uh, my friend said, you know, I've, I've done my time, I'm double-vaxxed, um, I, I'm sick of not, like, living my life, so I'm gonna go. And I was like, cool, um, if I get sick, I have asthma, there's no, there's no, like, waiting period, I'm, that's it for me. So I'm, I'm gonna wait, and I'll, like, look into it more. And he was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's fair and it's like I get to I don't get to um, not think about having asthma so like this whole experience for me was um, like COVID and stuff and I I know there's a lot of other people it's not just me obviously Um, you just got to be like super hyper vigilant so for me it's like I'm okay waiting I'll wait I got I got video games at home I can play online with people I can see some people so it's fine I don't need to go to a big uh, con, even though we basically went every year to both TCAP and Fan Expo, uh, I think, for like almost seven years in, uh, consecutively, maybe maybe at least six, and we've only been dating for five years. So it is a big deal, but I'm just stoked that they're actually like doing all the rules right. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I really hope, I really hope, uh, it's like everybody's saying it, and I don't want to jinx it, but like. I know like Fan Expo is very specific. If TCAF came back and they did like a similar rules and a similar thing, I don't know if they could because it's it's run at the public library in Toronto. What is it? The the Toronto you reference. You probably need to have 
a vaccine to go to the library. I, I would hope so. But, like, I don't know how strict... They might have to find a different venue, maybe. Yeah, because... I, I, I'm sure you have to have I'm sure you have to have be vaccinated to be in the library but it's like because I feel like it's such an essential service I feel like they it's a more appropriate to be lenient excuse me in such a public place yeah and it's harder to control Ooh. sorry That's it's okay. harder to control the number of people yeah and, and on the day of TCAF um, you can use the, you can use the library uh, functionally still like there are people that are just like doing stuff on computers or like at desks um not in like the con-esque areas but anyways if they do a tcaf i'll highly think about that um tcaf is much more my jam fan expo is always great it's much more my jelly what is the difference between jam and jelly must be jam because jelly don't shake what is that a thing? Yeah. Are you sure? I think so. It's something like that. <laughs> I love learning new things oh, about sorry. mundane. Oh, sorry. It must be jelly because jam don't shake. Oh, that makes some more sense. Yeah. 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 Is it just like... Is it just, is just jelly have more like gelatin in it? Like, because I know jelly... Like, I think it is more... More ghibli. Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, I don't remember who went first last time. Jigglypuff. Huh? (laughs) 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 At least I don't have to contend with uh, Shenmue and Shenmue activities. Don't don't bring up Shenmue around me. You're going to get me going. I'm going to be riled up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, because last time... <laughs> but I don't remember. Do you want to go first? I just can't remember. Sure. Okay. I don't remember either. Nice. Go for it. I am T R I E D. Toward. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. My thing that I'm going to start with is. Basically, solving mysteries. Ooh, good pick. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, And included under that umbrella is murder mysteries, escape rooms, watching mystery TV shows and trying to figure out the mystery, um, reading books that are mystery, and most recently we did an unsolved case um, thing, which yeah. is like kind of like an escape room slash murder mystery, but like you get a bunch of case files and you have to solve a mystery. Yeah, you're basically given like a like a pseudo cold case file with all the evidence that would have been available, um, and it's like, hey, can you figure out if like the person that they convicted was innocent or not, and then can you actually solve the case? Mm-hmm. So there's like interviews for different suspects like person of interest reports um there's like a bunch of pictures like there's newspaper clippings um Uh, witness statements and stuff yeah and it was just like really cool to like sort through all of that and like figure out like what was happening and who was responsible and um 
And I don't know what it is about, I guess it's, for me, it's just the satisfaction of solving something. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I feel like solving any kind of puzzle is immediate, like, immediate, like, dopamine straight into the brain. Yeah, yeah. It's just that good, good feeling of, I did it. Yeah, I love that. Um, murder mysteries, I don't necessarily get the same things. I don't think I've ever gotten one right. <laughs> um, yeah, they're so they're so weird and convoluted. Yeah, um, and, and it's like so hard to get the information out of them, I feel like. Because it's so dependent on like uh, knowing what everyone's saying. And usually murder mysteries take place at parties where... You're really you know, just there to be goofy. Yeah, and so sometimes you miss important things. And by sometimes, I mean every time I've played, I've missed important things. Yeah, or and, like even the last time uh, we did one for my birthday, um, th- basically the way that game was run was that anybody can be the murderer and you just it just it you have different cues uh, for answers depending on if you're the murderer or not. And like the cue for one of the persons that was actually the murderer was like they changed like two words in the sentence and it's like Yeah. Oh it's boy. because anyone could be the murderer, everyone was really suspicious. And yeah. it was like, how are you supposed to know? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it, it was a good time. Like it was very fun, but it was like not as satisfying as the unsolved mysteries where we put it all together and yeah. actually figured it out. It took I, a long time. <laughs> I uh, I didn't feel like too too bad because I I kind of reeled it in real quick, but uh, as we were getting like close, we were close near the end, and it was like, oh man, we should just like do do you guys want to look up a a clue or like do you want a hint uh, for like the last part? And I was like, absolutely not. We don't want a hint. And then I looked looked around, and it was like, is everybody else in it? It's, it's it's fine if we do, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, because we were so close, and I don't like, I don't like spoiling puzzles like in that way, unless like, unless I've tackled something in, in, in uh, like, basically unless like my brain is depleted, I don't want to cheat if I don't have to. Yeah, it's fair. Like, also under that umbrella of solving mysteries for me is the Nancy Drew game series. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of those things where I have had to look things up in the past because it's so specific. Well, and it, like, becomes unenjoyable at a certain point <laughs> where you're just like, I can't figure this out. I can't move I on. just want to continue. Yeah. Because some of the games and puzzles are, like, just really frustrating. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to look up what I'm supposed to do and sometimes in some of the earlier games you literally had to memorize things that were ridiculous like I had freaking pages written out of like notes and stuff and (laughs) and you had to like know all these symbols and all this information in order to like solve puzzles well I I feel like especially for Nancy Drew that totally makes sense yeah but it was hard (laughs) so you know every once in a while you gotta look stuff up um, I do have a little bit of a wah, 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 history moment. Heck yeah. Um, the murder mystery fiction genre began in the first half of the 19th century. So 1800s, right? Yes. Okay. The party game Wink Murder. What? back, you know, where you like wink at someone to kill them. Huh? You know, like mafia. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, 
The party game Wink Murder dates back at least to the early 20th century and sees one player secretly selected as a murderer and be able to kill other players by winking at them. A killed player must count to five before dying and the murderer tries to avoid detection. Mm. That's a that's the game. You never played that before? I th- honestly, I th- I th- as you kind of described more of it, I think I did, but I don't remember... Like, I don't remember what... Uh my experience with it i remember the mechanic of yeah if somebody looked at you in a weird way and they like did something it's like oh, i guess i'm it yeah 1935 saw the release of the first murder mystery game known as jury box what what an incredibly unappealing name <laughs> guys everybody... you want to come over this weekend and play jury box <laughs> Everybody just loves jury duty, so I guess jury box is what it is. In this game, the players, or jurors, are given the scenario of the murder, the evidence presented by the prosecutor and defendant, two photographs of the crime scene, and ballot papers. Very specific. Jurors have to make the decision as to who is guilty, and then the real solution is read out. Cluedo, or Clue, in North America, was first a murder mystery board game, was the first murder mystery board game, sorry, where players raced to identify a killer. Huh. It was released in 1948. The earliest mention of role-playing murder mystery games in their present how-to-host-box format is in the 1980s, when they were thought to be a bit of a one-year wonder in the game shops. Oh, I guess, like, 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 like how ours is mostly, like, a yearly tradition, maybe? Uh, I guess. Back then, the scenarios were simple, the acting directions minimal, and the games relied on the guests being comfortable ad-libbing responses to each other's questions. Mm, Yeah, like classic murder mystery. Yeah. In 1986, Dimitri Davidoff created Mafia. Wait, what? what? His name is Davidoff. Okay? (laughs) It's literally David and then O-F-F at the end. Uh, that's pretty good. Okay. I wonder what, like, origin name that is. That seems so specific. Um, well, he created Mafia, a new version of the murder mystery game that was simpler, and most likely the precursor of what we refer to as interactive murder mystery games now. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it would be interesting to look up the history of murder mysteries because I wanted to know where they originated. And of course they have some kind of line of development that they follow through oh, yeah. time. It's, um, it's nice when we actually have like a lineage of that, which is really dope. But I'm sure that people were like into solving mysteries earlier than that. We just don't have records of it. Yeah. But like I imagine that that's always been like a fun thing to do. I just don't know, like, what kind of format it would take. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know, like... Because, like, in some ways, like... Yeah, I don't know. Not, like, a murder mystery, per se. But, like, there's so many different mysteries that people have solved throughout, like, Uh history. So it's like, what do we count as solving a mystery? I'm talking very specifically about certain types of things, like crime and, and murder mystery and stuff like that, but... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, is science just solving mysteries? Uh, yeah, kind of. 
I mean, um, I know my one friend, I can't remember what their whole, like, paper was about, but, um, I, and I don't know if it was, like, a thesis, they basically did, like, a thesis about bees, and it's just, like, uh, in, like, fourth year, if you ever want to, like, continue on in a specific field of research, it's literally just, like, do you have a, uh, do you have a question that's, um, A, viable to answer and be in the realm of are you able to answer it or figure out at least an answer because uh, if so um go for it it's like your master's where it's like here's some money so you can live uh and answer the question yeah and that's what uh they did i can't they did something with bees i thought it was really cool and now they're a uh, dental hygienist uh which is really cool still um because every once in a while they'll like post something on instagram and it'll be like hey uh, people are stupid sometimes about their teeth don't be stupid and it's like that's cool. Um, and obviously, they're very aware about, like... Is putting... Before you go on to this joke that I have no idea where it's going or even if it will land, yeah. I was just going to say that they are very aware about, like, social economic statuses, so it's not like a... It's not like a very, like, hoity-toity, you you got to take care of your teeth because it, it, you have to. Uh, it's more like, please do. There's, there's nothing else. Um, and and they always get really really upset when people wear scrubs uh, in public because it's like that that's the whole world is disgusting and you're going to go in the most sanitized place um, with the scrubs that you wore on the TTC subway TTC subway how dare you and it's like you know what never thought about it that way uh, Maybe you are they're just wearing them home nope okay well that well that's even why is that worse you wear them home you wash them. I, I sincerely doubt that everybody has that. Uh, well, some people. Oh, I'm, I'm sure some people, and that's fine. Uh, but uh, what is it like? What is it? The the uh, I think it's the Japanese way of doing law. Uh, guilty until you can prove your innocence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is true. That's not a good system. It's not a good system. <laughs> it is true. Uh, so it's what the Ace Attorney. Uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney was all about. They literally made a game to mock um, how wild, uh, to my knowledge, I, I heard this story, so I don't want to say it like it's gospel, uh, but they literally made that game series because it was like, isn't this wild yeah. to try and like do this? Yeah. Brienne wrote a paper about like this one specific case that was in Japan. Uh-huh. This guy was like on <clears throat> death row for like I don't even know how many years like I think it was something wild like 40 years okay okay and in Japan or in death row in general I don't really know how death row works necessarily yeah yeah. but it's like you could be killed the next day yep and you're just waiting every day he was there for like 40 years just waiting yep and he like every day the next day could have been his last day yep and then after that amount of time he was just proven innocent and they let him go but he was so messed up because he had spent that much time waiting to die. Yeah, imagine what that would do to you. No, this is horrible. a show about nice things. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> but it's also like, I mean, that happens here too. It's not like that's only yeah a thing that happened somewhere else. But I feel like it was because of the guilty until proven innocent thing that there wasn't enough um, evidence. Yeah, it's it's very rough. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. That's my do. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of... Uh... It's time to goad. Vote for <laughs> Wode. Well, well, I was, I was just going to comment. Speaking of... Uh, 
Phoenix Wright. Oh. Uh, that game series. There's an uh, there's a series of I can't remember if it's like YouTube or just on TikTok um, of a real lawyer playing this game and just like using his knowledge to play it. Um, if I remember correctly. Because the person like the evidence shows that the person died immediately through the autopsy report. Judge is like, order, order, defense has a point. Someone who died immediately would not have been able to write anything down. What now? Uh, the the prosecutor yeah, asking, when did you obtain your autopsy report? It was the day after the murder. Prosecution's point being, the autopsy report is outdated. Out <laughs> what do you mean it's outdated? It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was, just putting all the pieces together, the fact that Phoenix Wright is basically, uh, not a mockery, but, like, a, a satire. Yeah, yeah. And, like, to my knowledge, that is a real thing. Like, you can just, pr like, present evidence. It is your burden of proof to prove that you're innocent. And sometimes, without legal defense, like, that's on the suspect. And it's like, yeah, it's so, f it's so wild. But anyways, that reaction always gets well, it me. It used to be on, like, victims to, like, solve their own crimes, so. Really? Yeah. What are we lear- what is happening? What are you well, talking- well, not that I don't believe you, what are you talking about, though? In, like, I don't know, like, the 14-1500s, there wasn't, like, police. Oh, I see. If you wanted to, like, someone stole something for, from you, just, you. You have to prove it. Yeah. Dang. That's rough. Yeah. So people would, like, steal someone's, like, animals, and then they would, like, cook them and eat them. And then it's like, well, I can't prove I took it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Why, why is that your example? Because I remember reading about that. I'm pretty sure. So I remember a story in, like, grade 11 or 12 English that, like, it was a short story. Oh, the lamb one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. I remember so a part of so the assignment that we had for that was that we were supposed to write. Um, I feel uh, like you've talked about this before. I don't know if I talked about. Like oh, no, I de I've definitely told you. Um, but yeah, so we had an assignment. We read the story. It was basically about a woman who, um, uh, basically was kind of like emotionally and possibly physically abused by her husband in like the early like 18 or 1900s or something that was like the 50s was it okay 1900s then um and she just like lost it one day and bludgeoned the man to death with a with a frozen leg of lamb and then she like sat down was like okay what do i do um and she like put the lamb in the oven because she was going to make dinner uh she prepared everything she went to like the store to like create an alibi and then came back and like did the whole shebang like screamed called the police all these things people came over uh, they were trying to figure out what happened she was like i don't know uh and then uh they were like talking to her and trying to figure things out they weren't like super suspicious um but uh she basically invited them to dinner 
Like she was like, I'm distraught. Like if you if you all want to like come in and eat, that's fine. Um, and then as they were kind of eating dinner and discussing it, uh, it came up that you know a leg of lamb you'd have to freeze because that's gonna uh, that like you're not like unless you buy it fresh. I think she mentioned that it wasn't fresh. Uh, and then one of the police officers or detectives like made the connection that like hey a frozen lamb would be the correct weapon to do this uh and then they just like finished their meal because there was nothing they could do so any connection that they made it was really it was really cool to read the story yeah it's a good story it's a classic yeah and then the assignment uh to my recollection was to write uh in the wife's perspective uh and a eulogy for the man and I didn't understand what that meant. And I was like, even at a young age, I was like, why would I write nice things about this person? This person suck. Yeah. Um, so in my eulogy, I was basically like, hey, you know, I'm sad. You know, this uh, death is never cool. Uh, but this guy beat the crap out of me. So, uh, <laughs> Good riddance. <laughs> pretty much. And then I got like a, like a, like a mid. I stand here before you. <laughs> very sheepishly to say my eulogy <laughs> well and so I got it? I wanna, what oh eulogy oh. you know like yeah well, so, so I got the, I, I, I'm pretty sure I got like a mid 60s I, I got like maybe maximum 70 uh, and the comment was like hey a eulogy you're supposed to like lift somebody up after they've died and I remember even like yeah, at that but po- who cares well that's what I mean I was at that point and I was like this person this person's awful the story yeah. is literally that this woman was abused why why are I- we lifting him up in yeah. any way and like I understand in terms of perspective of like writing in somebody else's perspective but like if I was that woman I would I would rip this man to shreds yeah. at his funeral absolutely yeah I would be like this, this, this but maybe you were supposed to write it as her like alibi because uh, she's that was a death like I I remember this vividly because he was like so flabbergasted that I wrote it like this and, I but loved it wasn't him so much I would never hit him yeah. with a frozen lamb in the face uh, that wasn't communicated to me so I just I didn't understand that that was the play I was supposed to do um, to this day I think only now that you've said that it makes sense obviously but like I never thought about it that way because I was like no I'm not gonna write a eulogy for this man this guy awful uh, but yeah that totally makes sense here I am solving mysteries. Solving my what's grade twelve like seventeen eighteen, solving a twelve year old mystery for me. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. It's more than a decade. Cold case. Cold case. Cold case was. Uh, you filed up. that away in one of those filing cabinets in your brain. It's been locked up. It's covered in dust. That was just opened up. I flipped through the files. Yeah. Picked out the appropriate files I needed. Dust. What was that hair flip that you did? <laughs> it was my solving mystery hair flip. It's called confidence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your thing? Because we were running out of time. Oh yeah, I get well. I'm pretty sure I just heard through the microphone Momo running across the cage. You probably won't be able to hear it because I'll have music playing um, over this, but like, that was special. But, um, yeah, my thing is uh, the Metroid series. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? I don't know. I 
was oh. gonna make a woe joke and then it just came out. Oh, like, like you started with the woe and then yeah. you were like, oh, this is a real thing. I don't want to do real. <laughs> I appreciate it. But it, that was pretty great. We were like, whoa. Because <laughs> um, I was prob- I was thinking about saying something like, Metwood. <laughs> <laughs> Metwood. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, the newest Metroid Dread game, the newest Metroid game came out on Friday. Uh, it was very exciting because Metroid, the original series came out for the NES, or the original game. Uh, the second one, I believe, also was for the NES. The third one was for the SNES. The fourth one was for the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, 19 years later, we get Metroid Dread. Wasn't there more than one game on Game Boy Advance? Uh, so, so what the, so there are two separate Metroid. Um, games uh, or like continuation of games so there's uh, the 2d style metroid where you're it's it's where the metroidvania genre comes from because it's metroid and castlevania they're like oh these games share that kind of style any game that does this is metroidvania so hollow knight uh, bloodstained i'm sure there's so many that i'm immediately forgetting about uh, even um what's that game that we got that was like kickstarted Oh, Indivisible. Indivisible, technically Metroidvania, because you're getting new abilities, going back and, and figuring things out, puzzles. That makes sense. What uh, about Mario? Uh, no, because they're level-based. And Metroidvania is you have access to the whole world, typically, and then you will come back to understand and fix a puzzle that you did but not But what about to. if you spend the whole game... In one level? No, you do the levels, but as you go, you gain more information that helps you solve a mystery. What are, what are you doing right now? <laughs> what is, what is, what is your end game with this bit? Woad. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad for the. Uh... The, like the pure Trent Radio like review thing, I submitted the Woad episode, so oh, no. I'm so sorry for the two other uh, groups or people that have to listen to that episode. I love it. I wanted to submit the Paul Blart episode. Anyways, it's not important. This is derailing. Metroid been out for a long time. The second uh, line of games was the Metroid Prime games. They came out for the GameCube, mm. um, and those games I think were set in between either Metroid One and Two or two and three, like there's that. Um, So the story of Metroid, um, or yeah, the story of Metroid, you're Samus Aran, um, uh, this uh, blonde woman. I don't know why blonde was very specific, but uh, you're you're this bounty hunter. Like the the galaxy's like greatest bounty hunter. Um, The story of Samus is that you grew up on this planet, like humanity kind of met with other civilizations nice and easy everybody was making peace uh they made the galactic federation classic um, classic uh there was a and like a, a more advanced race of like bird like people called the chozo um they came and visited one of the earth colonies or one of the colonies with humans um and space pirates like followed them space pirates followed the chozo uh commanded by ridley which was basically like a dragon like a very skinny, gross-looking dragon. He's in Smash Brothers. I know. Okay. I just... Guy's sentient. Guy's like a real dude. And he's just controlling the space pirates. He's not controlling. He's in charge of them. He's 
he's in charge of the space yeah, pirates. Yeah, he's, he's their leader. He is a space pirate. Yes. So Ridley's a space pirate. Yep. A dragon space pirate. Yep. Basically. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ridley comes down is with the space... Is he related to Spyro? No. Okay. I don't know why I said that. I don't know either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so Ridley comes down, decimates the whole colony with the space pirates. Um, Samus's parents uh, end up like sacrificing classic classic stuff they sacrifice themselves save Samus um, she ends up um, like hiding and then the Chozo people find her and they're like we kind of did this whoops so they adopt her this reminds me of my origin story in Mass Effect maybe I don't remember what the three origins were one is just like you lived on a colony and then everyone died oh yeah Oh, yeah, and then you were, like, the only survivor, and it's like, no, this person's seen some stuff. Yeah, yeah kind of. Um, so, yeah, the Chozo took you. They trained you because they're, they're like, a little bit more advanced um, to realize, like, your full potential, especially in relation to their weaponry and training. They they genetically enhanced you with Chozo DNA, so you have, like, the ability to, like, use the training they give you, and then they give you a power suit. So the suit that you have typically is, is from the Chozo. It's pretty neat. Play the first game, um, basically as a bounty hunter. Uh, you work for the Galactic Federation. You end up uh, piecing out because the space pirates are like really giving people trouble. So you become a bounty hunter because that's just better for you. It's like I can do whatever I want, and I'm gonna go fight the space pirates. Um, you get a bounty to go to this planet. Uh, there's some stuff, weird stuff going on, and you find uh, about uh, Metroids. I can't remember what the planet's called, but it's like a planet that the Chozo have been to. Um, and you find out they basically uh, biologically engineered these creatures that could have been like the superior warrior. They, they it, was, it almost seemed like they were making like this this warrior race, um, and they're basically like face huggers. Uh, they kind of float around, and their whole job is that they can like basically siphon off energy. I know that's not nice, but but it sounds nice. What? Like I would classify the rats as face huggers. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because... We'll get there. So you go to this planet. You clear it all out. Um, uh, Ridley's down there because he's like, Hey, Metroids are uh, like weapons. I want it. So you have, you have a good old battle with Ridley. Um, you take out like... Uh, the, I think you like destroy the whole planet. The planet was vacated because the Metroids were there. And it was a whole thing. Um, and then you, you do a whole thing. Uh, Samus returns, uh, you get word that stuff's going on, so you come back, uh, you realize, you go to another planet, and you're like, dang, more Metroids? Jesus. Uh, These guys are everywhere. Kinda. Um, uh, oh, and the, the Metroids. Who made the Metroids? The Chozo. I just said that, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, and yeah, the boss of well, the Metroids was this thing called Mother Brain. It was literally like a brain in a tube. It was basically biological AI. The story of Metroid is really cool. When you play the game, you have no idea what's going on. Uh, but yeah, the story is really cool. So uh, you kill Mother Brain, you blow up the whole base, you wipe out the Metroids on that planet. Metroid 2 comes around, Samus returns. Um, what's that one about? Uh, so uh, you go to another planet, and you're like, dang, there's more Metroids. So you go in, and you have to kill like more Metroids again. But at, on this planet, Metroids have had the ability to like 
live and persist. So you first, you fight the first couple, and it's like, yeah, they're floating around. You got to take care of them. It's like great. And then you fight like the third or fourth one, and it's like you damage it a bunch, and it's like, wait a second, I'm about to metamorphosize, and it just like it basically like crystallizes uh, and then breaks out of its shell, and it's like it's on four legs now. And it's like running at you, and it's got like a mouth that's ready to eat you. And then the further the further you get into this planet and like try to clear out the Metroids, the bigger they get. You fight this Omega Metroid; it's really stressful. Um, after you like kill Ridley, he comes back for whatever reason. You fight like Ridley again or something. I don't know. Uh, you fight Ridley like seven times. Why is he back? Uh, uh, every time he comes back, I don't know if he came back in this game or the next one. Uh, but every time he comes back, he's just like they, he's got like robotic parts on him, so it's like, oh, mm. he survived in some way, and they just rebuilt him. So it's like Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, at the end of Samus uh, Returns, um, you end up destroying all the Metroids. You uh, destroy uh, whatever Ridley force was there on the planet, and then you uh, you end up escaping. On your way to escape. Uh, you basically witness a Metroid hatching from, like, one of the last eggs. You immediately go to kill it, and the Metroid, like, basically imprints onto you. And it's like, I can't kill this now. I'm its mom. So you take it. Take it with you. Uh, you, uh, uh, you, you hand it off to, uh, what was it? You hand it off to the Galactic Federation. Um, in a very good gesture, it's like, hey, we, we'll, let's study the Metroids. Should be fine. Um, Super Metroid is the third game. It was on the Super Nintendo. I don't remember what that one was about. Um, I didn't really play it. You, I, to my knowledge, I think you go and f you go to like the original planet and you find uh, the space pirates like took it over. Ridley's back for whatever God knows re reason. Uh, things are going on. And uh, you end up uh, just like just wrecking their stuff. I think Metroids are involved again, but like you ruin their plan. Uh, except this time when you fight Mother Brain, um, you like you you start shooting the crap out of Mother Brain. And the first time you fought it, it was just a brain in a jar. Uh, and then when you do enough damage, you like burst the jar, and then it just like it. Uh... Oh, I remember. Um, the. <laughs> I remember the story because I was I was reading up about it. Uh, basically, Super Metroid, you just just handed off the baby Metroid, and it was like cool. And then you leave, and then there's immediately a distress signal, so you go back, and uh, you find out that the, the space pirate is basically raided. Ridley takes the Metroid, and it's like really stressful. Um, so that's the whole game. You're go you're gonna try and stop Ridley because if Ridley, you know, uses the Metroid, clones. He his... took Grogu. Yeah, he took Grogu. Not a good, not a good time. Yeah, he, that's exactly it. He took Grogu. Um, so yeah, you're fighting at the end of the game. You fight Mother Brain. Um, you bust the the brain out uh, of its like container, like the fluid leaks out, and then it just like gets up, and you realize, oh no, this thing has a body now. Why? It's a monster. It's terrifying. Uh, and it's just brain. Yeah, it's nightmare, and it's just beating the crap out of you. Um, nice. And um, you, at one point in the game, you you find a giant Metroid. You go to fight it. It's right about to kill you. And then as at, right before it does, it's like, oh no no no, your mom. So you you realize that your like baby Metroid has hasn't like metamorphosized, but it's become a giant. Uh, right when you're about to die from Mother Brain, it swoops in. 
um, latches onto Mother Brain. This thing is flailing all over the place. It's such a good video to watch. Um, and uh, the Metroid ends up saving you. Uh, it latches onto you, but provides you with energy. Uh, unfortunately, in that like process, you basically absorb it. It's really sad, but you destroy Mother Brain. Um, you end up getting off the planet. Everything's good. Um, and I guess I like I, I know I really like explaining stories about stuff, and I'll go on about it. But the like the gameplay of Metroid, it's it's like a two dimensional. You're going left to right. You're exploring rooms. You are typically at the beginning of every game. You typically somehow like lose all your powers. So the first game, you get powers, and it's like cool. Um, I was raised by the Chozo. I keep finding Chozo ruins, and they keep giving me like artifacts that uh, you don't ever meet Chozo, but you keep finding artifacts that like. Uh, meld with you and it's like cool I can like jump really high now I, you can do like a space jump where you jump forever you can roll up into a ball because your suit allows you to do that um, you have all these like powers and stuff and every time you begin a new game it's like I don't know something happens you exploded something got you 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 fell you, you lost all your powers sorry uh, and it's like fine that's how the games work whatever um, and then yeah so the Metroidvania style of games you typically go through the whole world and as you do, you get more powers, and as you get more powers and learn how they function, you realize, oh, in the first area that I was ever in, I saw all of these things that I couldn't interact with, and now I understand how to. So you get to go back and, like, figure out a bunch of new stuff. It's really cool in that manner. Um, and the games are typically actually pretty difficult, uh, unless you, like, are super careful every single time. You're most likely going to make a mistake. You get hit pretty hard. Um, sometimes if you're not careful you'll get like tra not trapped but you'll get stuck at a boss battle where you're not prepared um, and they do a really good uh, sense of like like dread or horror in that manner um, and like the game is legitimately scary it's really cool sometimes uh, in um, it's the fourth Metroid game it's called Metroid Fusion you get called to a planet classic it, I don't know you get called to like the original planet or whatever and apparently there's like these weird organisms that are going on it's like this weird blob thing uh, you land you immediately get jumped by the blob it absorbs into you and you're like well, that was crazy and you go back and you almost die uh, as you're like, trying to fly your ship out um, the scientists that are helping you they, they they grab you they realize the parasite is like this like weird parasitic thing it's like gooey all over you they had to like surgically remove your suit um, and they had to like bioorganically like fuse some of your suit together and like figure it out. Um, and they use like the research they had on the previous Metroid, your baby Metroid, still saving your life. They made a vaccine because they realized that the Metroids weren't made as like a super soldier race. They were made because this X parasite, which lives on this Chozo planet, uh, was literally a nightmare and the only natural enemy was the Metroid. So now that the Metroids were gone, this parasite is just like, it like on this world, and you, um, you've been vaccinated with like a bit of Metroid, so you have Metroid DNA in you. Uh, it's really neat. Um, so How you. How much DNA can one person have? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's it's. I'll take some. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the worst writing, uh, but it is like there's a lot going on. It's a lot of DNA. <laughs> I know a person already has a lot of DNA. Do you have to give up some DNA? To no, it just kind of adds on. I don't know. It your, just adds your on. Your body just figures it out. Oh, okay. Um, 
but yeah, so the whole game of fusion, um, you kind of are on this uh, place, and you you like fusion has a really good sense of horror to it. Later, there are bosses where are like super crazy, and it's like very terrifying. There's one where you keep seeing like the shadow as you are running through this new area, um, and then when you have to come back around, um, the background glass that you kept seeing the shadow is all shattered. And then you get to one area, the door is locked, and this thing just comes down. It's, it has like a square face, and its body is just like loaming at you. And as you damage it, its faceplate falls off. Um, and as you damage it more, it starts like bleeding green goo from its eyes, and its face starts like melting. And it was one of the most terrifying things I've ever played. What is it? I, it was just like some weird experiment that these people were working on. And it was awful. Awful, awful, awful. It sounds nice. <laughs> I'd like to meet him. One day. I'll show you, actually. I really want uh, to play that game you again. You know what he sound, What that sounds like? What? The Slurm Queen. A little bit, except it's worse. It's so much worse. I'll show it to you later. Slurms Mackenzie. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you end up clearing the place. Uh, because you were vaccinated through the Metroid, uh, you can absorb the fusion parasite now. So that's how you like gain health and armor back, or weapon, or, or like missiles. You kill things, the parasite like reforms. It's basically like a ditto or a blob. So once a parasite absorbs any kind of DNA, um, uh, it can turn into it. It can turn into something. So sometimes when you kill... A little bit. But sometimes when you kill the parasite, it like turns back into a blob. And then it turns into something else because it's like, I'm not done yet. Um, and the worst part is because a parasite attacks you. Um, and the parasite is... take your DNA. Well, so the parasite is like... Um, um, asexual or whatever it, it divides on its own um, and the parasite did get your DNA uh, you fully powered with your suit um, there are versions of you at full power running around the station trying to kill you and it's like that game did horror or terror really well um, and you end up, you know, there's like some other Metroid, they're, they're doing some crazy stuff at this space station or whatever this research station you, you, you're fighting this Metroid, it's really stressful, um, because it's called like an Omega Metroid, it looks like a dinosaur, it's terrifying. Uh, because the Metroid is the natural predator of the X parasite the, like the fully powered Samus suit X parasite um, jumps in, and instead of fighting you, it's like, I'll get to you later, this is my enemy. They end up fighting, um, the, the Metroid ends up killing it, and because it's a parasite, it turns back into a blob, you jump, absorb that parasite, you get all of your powers back, and then you wreck house, and it's really cool. Um, and yeah, that's like a gist of Metroid. Uh, the fifth game is Metroid Dread, uh, and it's a continuation of that story. Um, I highly recommend like looking up a, a video. There's not a lot of videos that I super enjoy, um, uh, because sometimes I just don't like the people telling me the story. Hopefully you like me telling you the story, because I can't help that. Um, they can. Yeah, I think I just turned this off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Um, I don't want to spoil Metroid Dread, especially because it came out like five days ago, or like, oh, like I guess six days ago. But Excuse I me. can tell you something about it. What? It's a Nintendo product. Yep. There's a secret boss. Uh-huh. And his name is Woad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Samus uh, Wawan. <laughs> Because if we're no, just woading it's everything... it's Woadly. Woadly? <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Like Ridley. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, wouldn't it just be Widley? <laughs> no, no Woadly. He's, he's Woadly. Okay. And he, okay, he 
he's Woadly and he is a giant dragon. Okay. With a toad's face. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty good. Uh, before you get carried away, we have 20 seconds left. This is the end of our show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everybody at Trent Radio. Thanks to Matt Campbell for providing music and always being there and being cool. Uh, and I guess we'll just see you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Whoa,